we are so thankful for who you are. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. We thank you for what you were willing to do, that from the foundation of the world, you did not want us to be alone. You did not want us to be without hope, but you gave your only son to die for our sins. Lord, that we didn't have to stay like we were. We didn't have to stay in the place of hopelessness. We didn't have to stay in the place of the grave, but but you sent him to die for us, to suffer our shame, to take stripes, to be healed for us. God, I thank you that you did not leave him in the grave. God, though he died, he resurrected three days later. And because of that, we can have victory. Father, I thank you that today we are able to come into your house and to celebrate that fact. Lord, that you raised Jesus from the grave, and that means that we can have victory over sin, that we can be resurrected, that the things in our lives that seem dead can be raised back. Heavenly Father, I just ask you now that you would have your will in this place. God, help us to honor you and please you in all that we say and do. God, I pray that everything that is said and done today from the very first prayer to the very last prayer would lift you up. God, I pray that no one would leave here like they came, but we would all be changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Miracles when you move, such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. And your voice is calling me out. And right now, I know you're able my God, come through again. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. Everything's possible. Everything's possible by the power of the Holy Ghost. A new wind is blowing right now. Breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho. And my walls are all crashing down right now. I know you're able, my God, come through again. You can do all things, you can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle, no you've never lost a battle. I know, I know. You never will Cause you can do all things You can do all things but fail Cause you've never lost a battle No, you've never lost a battle I know, 
I know you never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you've never lost a battle. No, you've never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. I know, I know, you never will. And I know, I know, you never will. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You never fail or forsake us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you today. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, and fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Oh, I surrender. 
He can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole see that we're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see that we're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. My Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. We bless you. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see twas grace twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus. of each one of us sing his promise the lord has promised good to me 
His word, my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. Amazing grace, my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and I got blood, His mercy reigns, unending love. Amazing grace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine will be forever mine you are forever mine amen give him praise this morning he is worthy today. It's a joy to be in the Lord's house. It is a joy to be in the Lord's house. Praise God. There are some uh, ladies back in this Bible days that were looking for Jesus. They had crucified the Savior. Our hope is gone. We thought he was going to set up his kingdom and rule. We thought he was going to be the king and and revive and save all of his people. But they have crucified him. He's buried. And they go to see where they had laid Jesus. And somewhat like this little model outside, if you'll watch on the right side as you go out today, there's a tomb, but the stone is rolled away, and there's nothing inside but a linen cloth, about his face hallelujah that was about his face and his clothes there hallelujah an angel that was nearby said why do you look for the living among the dead he is he is not here 
He has risen. My best and greatest holiday is Easter. I like it, I like it, I like it. Surely we celebrate the time in Christmas, whether that was the date Jesus was born. It might have been July the 3rd. But that is the time we celebrate. And thank God for the birth of Jesus Christ. Thank God for his life and for his example that he gave to us that we could live according to the gospel. But thank God most of all of Easter, that when they placed him in the tomb, he didn't stay there, but he rose again. On the third day, hallelujah. And John records, he said that, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you may be also. Sister Julie, I'm jumping over the church. Hallelujah for Easter. Hallelujah for resurrection. Hallelujah for Jesus Christ that cares and loves me. And I want to tell you, He is a good God. For Him to love me like He does. I don't have to love Him back. He loves me anyway. I haven't always done good and done right, but He loves He loves me anyway. Praise God. Is there any parent in the place today that you do not love your children? Not a one. God loves His children. Any of your, you parents in here had your children not do good or do right sometimes? Like you told them, I told you to do this, and you didn't do it. I probably, well, I want to tell you, God is looking down upon His children, and sometimes we don't do good. But I want to tell you, He He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. I thank God for that. I thank God that Whenever I stump my toe, Brother Mike, fumble the ball, whatever you want to call it. The Bible calls it, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. When I sin, when I do wrong, I need to talk to God and get it under the blood because He is alive today for me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's a joy to be in the Lord's house today. Amen. Amen. And amen. And I don't know what uh, Easter meal is supposed to be. It may be tomato or potato soup. Potato soup, probably. Something like that. Or a south sandwich. It doesn't make any difference. Praise God. Easter is the best holiday of all the holidays forever. I thank God that he saved me from a devil's hell. Because of Jesus Christ, I can live forever. He is the first fruits of the resurrection. Oh, Lazarus is dead. 
By now he stinketh. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am. I saw it on TV a few days ago, uh, the Bible or whatever it was. It said, I am, some words spoken by Jesus. That's amazing. Uh, a thousand years ago, I am. Today, I am. A hundred years from now, I am. Never changes. He's always existed. He's always. Praise God. Keith, I like it, don't you? I like it. Praise the Lord. Amen. I wonder if there's a person, one person, just one person in here today to brag on the Lord Jesus Christ and because he is risen. He is alive. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Thank you. <laughs> Sister Bow, God is good, isn't he? Amen. I learned last week a lot of stuff. I tell you, you got to watch last week's message. you got to. Every message our pastors preach from the time that she began um, her pastoral ministry back on the first Sunday of June. Every service has been dynamite. And I say to uh, Sister Dean occasionally, Sister Dean, it can't get any better. And then next week it got better. And then the next week it got better. I, I, amazing, you must see last week's message. You must see last. Some things that we learned about the four cups before the dinner or the Last Supper. And all this, and praise God, even learning that in the garden, and we've heard it all of our lives, or I had all of my life, that let this cup never had addressed it just that way this cup passed from me but nevertheless not my will but thy will be done praise God Jesus changed what took place in that first garden whenever Adam and Eve and said Adam and Eve together said not God's will but my will. That's what they said. I'm going to eat the tree if I want to. I'm going to do it if I want to. It looks good. Looks pleasant to the eye. Oh, it tastes good. Oh, why would God keep this from us? My will. And then that's what it was for years until in that last garden when Jesus said, not my will. But now, Lord, thy will be done. Praise God. Praise God. I love them today. Don't you love them today? Praise God. Can we do what uh, Psalm 47 1 says? Can we clap our hands? Oh, clap your hands uh, unto the Lord. Uh, rejoice in him uh, and be glad. Hallelujah. Thank God for Easter.
Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. It's good to have you with us this morning. I put my glasses on, see if there's folks I don't know or see folks that I do know or see folks that I hadn't seen in 40 years. <laughs> and then I'll take them off and probably be a little bit clearer than that. But we are glad. If this is your first time here, we hope that this service will bless you and that you'll enjoy it enough that the next time you'll come and be with us again. It's time to receive our tithing offering. I'm up here to get the money, heaven's sakes. So let's get it. Brother Vic, if you'll come and take it up for us, please. Brother Jordan, will you say the blessing, please? are the chosen one bring many sons to glory 
hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His
almost forgotten. I'm Sister Dean's been doing it for so long, I done forgot what to do. So, so good morning. It's good to be here this morning. And uh, the preacher this morning was, you know, anybody has been thank, thankful to the Lord for, and I just want to thank Him for so many blessings in my life. Been blessed so many times this morning since I've been here, seeing Gracie and Chelsea come through the door, um, Kenzie, Jasmine, and worshiping and hearing Dina Rose behind me. <laughs> It's special, so I love you guys. Good to be here this morning. It's now time to receive prayer requests. Sister Judy, let's pray for Sister Judy's grandson, Jaden, for healing. Zach. Let's pray for that family, the nine-year-old, that God performs a miraculous healing in her body. Sister Judy. mercies for her family. Kirsten. Gretchen. Let's pray for Gretchen's friend at school. Pop Pop's back. Sister Jordan. She'd say her boys as she was here. Let's pray for Sister Keller. We miss her. Hope she's watching. That's it. Unspoken requests. Raise hands. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord this morning.
it's time to fellowship. <clears throat> if it hadn't been a dark name, I would have never seen the light. I wouldn't long for the sunrise if it wasn't for the night. If there hadn't been a father who made a way when there
<laughs> this one's on in this one. Yes, there we go. Amen. I am glad to be with y'all today. Amen. I hope that y'all are glad to be here today. Amen. Yes. Now, when the the thing about the thing about y'all like, oh, you're that's so great, and I don't know if it can be any better. Is eventually it won't be. So, <laughs> like, Lord help. I said, I don't know about today. We'll see what happens. Um, so for for those of you, we are super super excited. If you are here for the very first time. If this is your very first time, well, not necessarily very first, but but if you're not a regular church attender, then sometimes the things that we talk about can seem super weird and <laughs> strange and sound odd. I mean, it sounds weird to us too. So um, those of us who have been in church for a number of years, like th- it sounds weird to to believe some of the things that we do, but we do believe it. So if there's anything that we say that you think, I don't understand what that means. Then please um, turn to someone that seems like they've been in church for a while and ask them what what it means or come back on Wednesday nights because we have our Bible study, which is a great time to to talk about those things that, that we don't really get the opportunity to explain when when we're up here. But but one of the things that I, I was telling Sister Dean, I, I want to help people understand those foundational things. I do want so I hope that, if nothing else, you're getting that kind of, like, what does this actually mean? So so today, we have just completed what is known as Holy Week. So that means that uh, last Sunday, we celebrated the fact that Jesus came into Jerusalem. We watched that video. Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. He was being praised, and they were waving their palm branches Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Here's the king. And they were laying out their clothes before, like throwing their jackets down and and throwing their palm branches down and praising him. And as he came in to the city, he realized that, that soon he would die for their sins. And we celebrate, last week we celebrated the Last Supper, the Passover, that, that time that we now call communion celebrating what Jesus did for us that that he said take this is my body which was broken for you and it was not it was not his literal body that they were eating but it was the bread that represented his body that would the next day be broken that would be he would be beaten and he would be nailed to a cross and just unrecognizable and he said take drink this is my blood which is the new covenant and and again this is not actually drinking the blood of Jesus, not not real blood. The early Christians were thought to be cannibals because they proclaimed this and people didn't understand what that meant. Because, so even thousands of years ago, people said, what is what is this? I, I don't want to eat, eat flesh and drink blood. That's creepy. So if you don't understand, that's okay. That's what we're here for. But we're, we're celebrating the fact that not only Jesus died, we believe that he is the son of God, that he was from the very beginning, even before what we know of as the beginning, and that that God loved us so very much that he didn't want us to die in our sins. And that the only good sacrifice, the only right sacrifice, that for years and years and years, thousands of years, they would do animal sacrifices and say, okay, Blood has to be shed to cover our sins, and this is the best we can do. 
But Jesus came so that we could forever have that blood sacrifice, that we can turn to him, that he is the perfect sacrifice. He was sinless. He was spotless. He had never done anything wrong. He did not deserve to be punished for what we had done. But that what he did on the cross covered all sins that were before, all sins that were happening right then, and all sins for, for the ever in the future. That until, until the end of time, that if we sin, we can come to Jesus and say, please forgive me and cover me with your blood. That's what we believe. So again, and, and we, we celebrate the fact on Easter that uh, even though he died, three days later he rose again. We believe that God brought him back to life. So again, if you, I hope that's a really quick summary. I don't want to diminish the greatness of who he is, but, but for time's sake, that is what we believe, and that's why we keep on talking about how covering with the blood and all that stuff. Again, we sound creepy when we say it that way, but we still believe it. So <laughs> come back for more information. So today, we celebrate what was made possible on the third day. On the day that Jesus was crucified, the synoptic writers, uh, that is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they record some interesting things that happened on that particular day. There was darkness for three hours. As Jesus was hanging up on the cross, he was hanging up during the time that the sun should have been shining, but suddenly there was darkness. For three hours. Also, there was an earthquake. It's recorded that, that as Jesus was dying, there was an earthquake that, that shook the earth and popped open graves. That'll preach. Y'all come back and I'll preach that. <laughs> that the death of Jesus opens graves. So, these graves popped open. And... They record that some of the saints who had died came back to life and started walking around. Okay. Again, we believe this. The temple veil was torn from top to bottom as Jesus died. That's what we're going to be talking about today. That this amazing thing happened, that the the veil in the temple was torn. For those on Holy Saturday, this looked like the end. Jesus died. Jesus was up on the cross. Any of y'all who watched The Chosen, hey, that's a great one too. If y'all are not watching The Chosen, y'all need to start. It's a free app. Y'all need to get on to the, the idea of The Chosen. But but Mom and I were discussing just a couple of days ago, when season six comes and they have to crucify Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand it. It's just going to be super duper sad. And that's the way that they felt. Because these these people had been with Jesus for three years. And they daily, they walked with him and talked with him. And they, they saw him do miracles and they heard him teach. And then they had to watch as he was being beaten. As the Roman government took control of him and, and whipped him. And he bled, and they pulled out pieces of his beard, and they put a crown of thorns on his head. And we sometimes get upset with the disciples for running away, but I don't know that I could have watched that either. Someone that I love so much, a a friend, a a confidant, I I don't know that I could have watched as they were suffering like that. 
So they knew that Jesus had died and they knew that he had been, his body had been taken down and cleansed and put into the tomb and then there was Saturday. And we think about this time of of Holy Saturday and, and that's not something that we celebrate during the Holy Week but but that's a time that represents not knowing if anything's ever going to be different. That the worst part of your life has happened and you're just stuck. You're just waiting. God, is this ever going to change? Stuck in a holy Saturday. Faith gets tough on a holy Saturday. But here we are finding hope and joy in what Christ has done for us. So as promised, we're going to talk about the veil in Leviticus, and if you, you know, she's going to have it up on the screen. Um, that's in the Old Testament, if you're not quite sure. Leviticus chapter 16. We're going to read quite a lot, but I'm going to read through it really quickly and, and try to expound a little bit. And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered before the Lord and died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat which is upon the ark, that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Thus shall Aaron come unto the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, and he shall put on the holy linen coat. And he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh, and he shall be girded with a linen girdle. And with the linen mitre shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore shall he wash his flesh in water, and so put them on. And he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats for a sin offering, and one ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one for the Lord and the other lot for a scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. And he shall take the censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring his blood within the veil and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. Now that's a lot. 
So, back in the Old Testament, Moses, who was the, the one who led the children of Israel out of Egypt, Moses and his brother Aaron, the Lord had spoken to them, and, and Aaron was to be the line of priests. So they were the ministers before the Lord, Aaron, his sons, and, and anyone, any of their children who would come after them, any of their sons who would come after them, were to be the priests. And Moses is telling him what God is saying. There was a temple that was, excuse me, a tabernacle that was set up, so it was a, a tent. And there were three sections to this tent. There was an outer section where anyone could come and worship. And then there was a curtain that separated kind of the the sanctuary in this general area. And the priests could come in and they could worship and and give offerings to the Lord. But then there was a place called the most, most holy place. And this most holy place, only one person could come in and that only one time a year. So here Moses is given instruction. And he said to Aaron, whoever is the high priest, which is the, the highest of the priests, whoever is the high priest, don't let him come in anytime he wants to. Because the holy place, that holiest of holies, that place is so holy that he just can't come in anytime he wants to. He's going to have to prepare himself And it can only be one time a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement. So the way that he prepared himself was to cleanse, and he had to put on these special linen garments. So he had the special linen pants and the linen, uh, like, long tunic. And he would put on the ephod, which was like a fancy vest that they wore. And he had to be completely clean. And then he had to slaughter these animals and that was for one of those animals was for his sin and the sin of his family and the other animal was for the sin of all of Israel so he had to slaughter these animals and he would come in to the holy of holies and he would have with him a bowl of blood and he would have with him a censer that had a a, a censer like um something that smokes It has incense in it. And he would come in, in one hand, the censer, representing prayers. And he would come in, and he would swing it all around and fill the whole place with prayers, with smoke that would just rise up. And then, in the other hand was a bowl of blood, which was the sacrifice for their sins. And he had to come in behind this veil, So the veil that was told to be made was 60 feet wide. It was 30 feet high, so even higher than than this ceiling. And it was four inches thick. Now, okay, four inches thick. This was put together, and it is four inches thick. Okay, it's not 30 feet long and... I mean, 30 feet high and, and 60 feet long. but So it is four inches thick. And I just want to... <clears throat> now, I know y'all, I know some of y'all are super strong, but I know that the strongest man in here is right over here. So, sir, if you would, see if you can tear that. Y'all, <laughs> y'all don't even know. Y'all don't need to know. Okay, see if you can tear that. See if you can rip it. I'm sure, I'm sure. See if you can rip it. 
So stand up and get He-Man on it, man. It's not going to work. Okay, I can I can bring it to Zach or Treg is back there. They're both super strong. Jason. Okay, anyone want to go at it? You want to try? Anyone? Anyone? Okay. So this, and you can't see through it. This was the thickness of the veil that separated the people from God. And it wasn't it wasn't because God didn't want to have fellowship with them. It was because he is so holy. It is because he is so powerful that just one glimpse of his presence done. So it was for the people's protection that God put this veil up. He said, he said Moses, okay, I, I want you to put up this veil to protect the people. And then only one time a year, allow Aaron to get cleaned up and to put all his, all his sins onto this animal and to that this animal be sacrificed for, for his sins. And I, I want him to then come before me with prayers and with offerings. And then he it talked about the mercy seat. There was a, an ark of the covenant. This was a, a box, just a large box. And on top of it was the lid, and it was called the mercy seat or the atonement cover. And God had promised, whenever you come in, bringing those prayers, whenever you come in, sprinkling the blood, I will come down to meet with the high priest, and I'm going to come down and rest on the mercy seat. I'm going to come down. You can, you can bring your request to me. You can talk to me. This is what's going to happen. So you, you bring in those prayers. You, you lift it up. You bring in that praise. You lift it up. And I'm going to come down from heaven. I'm going to meet with you. The manifest presence of God came down in that place. And in that time, it was just, it was just Aaron and God. Just the high priest and God. And they got to meet together. And for 1,500 years, this was the case. For 1,500 years, there was only one person, one time a year, who was allowed to come into that holy place. But something beautiful happened on the day that Jesus died. For so many years, the people had lived with this kind of separation said, okay, there's only one person who's good enough to come into the presence of God. There's only one person that we can come to. We, we can talk to that person about our sins, and they'll, they'll sacrifice on our behalf. And then we're just hoping. We're just going to hope that everything's okay between us and God. But as Jesus was up on the cross... One earth-shattering moment, literally, because there was an earthquake. The veil of separation was ripped from 30 feet up through four inches of fabric, ripped in two. In Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 Verses 19 through 23, it says, 
having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and having an high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised so the writer of hebrews is writing to a christian jewish audience so he's writing to people who had accepted Jesus as their Savior, believing that Jesus is the Messiah, but also they had followed the law their entire life. So there was within them a 1,500-year history of tradition and law and thinking, okay, this is how it has to be. We're going to bring our sacrifices to the temple. We're going to keep our fingers crossed, hope that this is acceptable to God, We're going to allow the high priest to answer to God for our sins, bring that blood, sprinkle it on the mercy seat, and we're going to hope that's enough. That's the kind of life they had been living, one without assurance, one of maybe, I hope, this is what God said, so I'm going to try to believe it. So when the writer tells them that they are now allowed and even encouraged to go into the Holy of Holies. There's some explanation necessary. He said, now let us come boldly. Let us enter in into the holiest place. And they're reading this thinking, no thank you. I know that 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 can cause people to die if they come before God like that. Now, please understand that he was not, the writer here is not saying go into the temple and go behind the veil and enter in. He's speaking spiritually. He's saying now there's a way that you don't have to wonder if you're acceptable to God. You don't have to wonder if your sins are forgiven. You don't have to wait a whole year and just keep your fingers crossed. Lord, don't let me die before I have the chance to repent. Um, no, y'all have never been like that, right? Even now, it's that way sometimes. Lord, just let me say this one thing, and then I'll ask forgiveness. No, none of y'all are like that. It's just me and the people watching. I'll see y'all. <laughs> so Jewish legend states, cause I looked this up. Because I'd heard this my whole life. Jewish legend states that at the time when most of the priesthood was corrupt and lawless, a rope would be tied around their waist in case they dropped dead in the, uh, under the power of the presence of God, that they could be dragged out safely. Now, there's nothing in, in God's Word, there's nothing in the Bible that says this. There was no command that they have a rope tied around them. But that is a legend. It is something that they said uh, around the time of the exile that the priesthood was so corrupt that they even they didn't know if they'd make it. 
So, all right, y'all. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to try to bring the sins for myself, and the, the sacrifice for the sins of myself and for y'all. But just in case, here's the end of this rope. If you hear a thud, you start pulling. And that's the way that they were living. So here he tells them, having boldness, this is outspoken assurance, having boldness to enter. What do we base that upon? Our own righteousness? Yeah, I'm good enough. I'm good. I can go back behind the curtain. No. He said this is based upon the blood of Jesus. No longer were animal sacrifices needful because Jesus paid it all. His blood covered every sin. Every sin that ever had been committed, every sin that was being committed right then, and every sin that would forever be committed, that it could be covered by the blood of Jesus. He says, enter by a new and living way. This is an interesting phrase. It means a way that was freshly killed and is actively living. New means freshly killed to the point that the blood has not yet coagulated. That is the the Greek definition. And living is actively living. So he says there is a new and living way. Understand that this is not a contrast between the old way of approaching to God and a new way of approaching to God. Because before, there was no old way. There was no way. Before the Levitical commandments, before that that particular book, back in Exodus, God said to Moses, y'all are out here in the you've been rescued from Egypt and you're out here in the wilderness, I want the people to meet me. They've heard about me, but I want them to meet me. So you tell them, get cleaned up, prepare yourselves. In three days' time, I'm going to come down on Mount Sinai and we are going to meet. So Moses said, all right, everybody, get ready, get prepared. Don't get too close to the mountain, but y'all are going to stand all around the mountain And Yahweh is going to come down on the mountain because he wants to meet you personally. And so I can just imagine everyone standing around there excited. Yes, we're going to meet Yahweh. We've heard about him. He delivered us. He is I am. He is everything we could ever need. Yes, let's meet him. And they're standing there waiting. And then the fire and smoke and thunder and lightning surrounds the mountain. And begins to shake the earth. And the people think, no, I, I, I can't do this. I can't get close to him. I, I'm too nervous. What if, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not acceptable to him? What if something happens to me? I, I can't get close enough to him. What? No, no, no. And then they said to Moses, Moses, from now on, you talk to God on our behalf because we are too afraid to come near him. So God required that Aaron and the Levites be the ones to enter in. He said, okay, if my people don't want to get close to me, then we'll just have this separate set of people who will come in and who will talk to me on their behalf. Bring with you Aaron. Bring with you priests. The prayers, the praise, and the sacrifice of the nation. But see, now, now, 
the flesh of Christ. It is no longer this veil of separation. It is no longer this this four-inch thick piece of cloth that keeps us from God, that keeps us protected from His presence. No. He said, now we enter through His flesh. See, his, his body was broken, not just for our healing, not just for our wholeness, but his body was broken so that we could enter into God's presence. Christ is the new and living way. You see, he told those listening in the book of John, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father except by The writer of Hebrews tells them, draw near. This word means to approach or to visit. This is used seven times in the book of Hebrews. Because the writer of this book would have, understand, would have understood that his readers had this idea of the high priest was the only one, to allow, only one allowed to enter into God's presence. So here he tells them, be fully assured, you can draw near to God. You don't have to stay away from him. You don't, have to, you don't have to keep him at arm's length. You don't have to be at a distance from him. You can come close to him. Be fully assured because your hearts have been sprinkled and your bodies have been bathed entirely. You're clean. When you accept Jesus, you're clean. He said, keep a firm possession of the hope that they had. That hope that they had received from Christ. He says, do not waver. Do not move. Why? For he is faithful that promised. Even in a holy Saturday. Even in a time that that we don't understand. God, I'm stuck. I can't come near to you. I'm stuck. No. There's a. There's an assurance that God is faithful, that he allows us to come near. So today in our privileged state, we've been invited into the Holy of Holies, the dwelling place of Almighty God. Jesus died to save us, but he rose to bring us victory. And because of him, we have this opportunity. So what must we do? What must we we understand in order to enter in? the first thing that we have to understand is Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. It is by the new and living way that we can enter into God's presence. That represents death and resurrection. It also speaks to the fact that we must die to self. Okay. Again, one of those weird things that we say sometimes. Dying to self means that what I want gets surrendered to what God wants. Because I understand that His way is so much better. That the things that He wants for my life are so much better than the things that I want for my life. This idea of being crucified with Him taking up my cross and saying, God, I'll follow you. Jesus, I'll follow you. Jesus, you put yourself under submission to your heavenly Father who, who told you how to live, who told you what to do, who allowed you to, to do miracles, who allowed you to see amazing things in your life. And God, I, I believe that that's for me too. So I'll come under 
I'll come under submission to you. I'll take up my cross. I'll follow you. I'll do what you say. And that death, that willful death on our part, represents a new abundant life in Christ, that we become new creations, that once we have surrendered ourselves to God, Paul told us, once you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. New things, new life springs up. If you're sick and tired of the old way, there's a new way. There's still a veil between us and God, but it's no longer a a four-inch thick, 30-foot high, 60-foot wide veil. It is the body of Jesus. Broken so that we could be made whole. See, we can't enter, we can't come to God without going the way of Christ. Other religions will not get you to God. Self-help will not get you to God. Good works, oh, I'm a good person. I'm a good person, I do good things. So that means I'm going to heaven. No. You have to go through Christ. Now, once you go through Christ, I hope you continue to be a good person, but that's... Doing all this stuff, trying my hardest, that won't get me to God because Jesus is the way. It is through the broken body of Jesus that we're allowed to come into God's presence. It is only through the veil that we may enter and still live. Because one day we are going to come into God's presence. And what's going to make the difference is if we've been through the body of Jesus. If we've, if we've walked through. If we've gotten the blood applied to us. As we walk through that brokenness of Christ. That we then become whole in him. The second thing we must understand is that Jesus is the truth. What lies are you believing that keep you away from God? Because we all believe in some lies. We're talking about this in our class on Wednesday night. Y'all need to come. It's, it's, um, it's kind of scary and earth-shattering stuff. Um, I'm not loving it, even though I'm teaching it. It's just like, whoo, Lord, you're getting a little too close to me there. But there are lies that we believe. There are lies that we believe that that say, I have to look a certain way to be acceptable. I I have to act a certain way for people to like me. I'm a little too much this and a little not enough that. What lies are you believing that are keeping you from God? I've been too bad for God to accept me. I've done too much. I've hurt him too many times. I've turned him away too many times. God won't accept me. That's a lie. Because you've been invited through the veil. The lie, again, I'm, I'm a good person without all that stuff. That stuff seems weird. Yes, it does. That stuff seems weird. I, I, I'm, a good, I'm a good enough person without that. That's a lie. That's a lie. There is no other way to God 
to heaven, to eternal life than by Jesus. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. How can I enter in? That's a lie. Because God can change things in your life. He can turn things around. And even if it doesn't happen immediately, he sits right there with you in a holy Saturday. He sits there with you when you're going through it. See, when you become a Christian, it does not mean that everything's perfect all of a sudden. Oh, life is grand, and let's all smile and and have rainbows everywhere. No. That's not the Christian life. That's not what I'm trying to guarantee. But I am guaranteeing that there is one who will sit right there with you. Who in the middle of anxiety, in the middle of depression, in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of pain, he sits there with you. So you're not alone. Here's the truth. Without Jesus, there is fear and dread to approach God. But our hearts have been sprinkled with a clear conscience. When, when Jesus, when we accept him as our Savior, when we allow that blood, just like the priest would come in and sprinkle that mercy seat, and, and once the blood was, was sprinkled on the mercy seat, once those prayers went up, then it was an acceptable place for God to come down and meet when our hearts have been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, it makes it an acceptable place for God to come down and meet with us, to dwell with us, to live with us. The third thing we see is that Jesus is the life. Every day can be a day of atonement. You know, they were, the priests were only allowed to go in one time, one time a year. For all those sins, they would bring... They would bring sacrifices before the Lord throughout the year before that. But into the holy of holies, into the most holy place, they were only allowed to go one time a year. So we are now allowed to go in any time to approach God any time we want. Any day can be a day of atonement, the time to be at one with God. Life in Christ makes it possible to always be right with God. To come boldly before his throne anytime we're in need. See, Jesus came that we could have life and have it to the full. Some of you might say, oh, I'm having a great life right now. Everything's good. I'm fine. That's only for a season. Because eventually those things lose their shine. And you have to keep doing more and more to get satisfied and you have to keep compromising yourself more and more to feel like you're worthy which is opposite that doesn't even make any sense like i'm gonna give up this little bit of myself so that i'm more acceptable i'm gonna i'm gonna compromise this standard so that people will like me so that i'll i'll look like i'm cool and good and i'll just surrender this little part of myself but that's not that's not life That's not abundant life. If you're living any other way than Jesus, then you're not really living. He's the only one who can guarantee abundant life. So the body of Christ was broken to make a way for us. Through it, we enter into a relationship with our Heavenly Father because Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life. Today... As the music plays...
you may have heard this a thousand times. You, this may be, you've been in church all your life. You may have heard this kind of thing a thousand times. Or this may be the first time you've ever heard this. And you think, this is weird, but I'm intrigued. Because I want someone to be beside me. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of being half a person. I'm tired of being in a holy Saturday. And the, the bad stuff has happened, but I'm just waiting on it to be good again. And the thing is, the blood of Jesus is available to you today. So before we pray about anything else, I'm going to give us an opportunity to surrender to Jesus. And again, it's just a matter of saying, God, I don't want to be in charge of my life anymore. I, I want you to be in charge of my life. The way that I've done it, it was okay. But I know that your way is better. So as you close your eyes and as you just search inside your heart, if each person just close your eyes, no distractions, close your eyes. So that each person can examine their heart and see if there's something in that's, that's calling out for newness of life. If there's something in you that is calling out and saying, I'm, I'm sick of being who I've been. I'm sick of being alone. I'm sick of trying to live my own way. Then all you have to do is say, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive my sin. Come into my heart. Take over. I thank you that you died for my sins. I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's all it is. It's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. Just saying, God, I, I give it to you. So for any of you, if you prayed that prayer, then, then Jesus has come into your heart in a spiritual way. He is there with you. He will he'll live in your heart. You can talk to him. You can hand him all your needs. And he'll sit with you. He'll live with you. So today, as we pray, whatever you need from the Lord, he is here to provide. His blood not only covers our sins, but it it does so much for us. It brings victory. It brings freedom. It brings healing. It brings peace. So as we pray today, whatever you need from him, receive it today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, we're so grateful that you gave us life. God, that you gave us life and life abundantly through Jesus. Lord, that we don't have to live as beggars anymore. We don't have to live trying to please the world anymore. We don't have to live selfishly anymore. We don't have to live addicted We don't have to live defeated. We don't have to live with sadness because you provide joy and deliverance and strength and healing. Heavenly Father, 
I just ask right now that you would touch each and every life. God, for those who may have accepted you as their Savior today, I pray encouragement. I pray strength. I pray that they would believe fully that you are making a change in their lives right now. Father, I pray that we would understand that you are the way. If there are those who are on the verge and not, not sure quite yet, help them to realize that you are the way and you are the only way. They may think, I- I'm, I'm not ready to give this up yet, but God, I pray that you would make them so tired of the way they're living that they would not be able to any longer. God, I pray that you would help them to recognize you are the way. God, I pray that we would see that you are the truth. Father, we cast down the lies of the enemy, the lies that say you are not this enough, you are not that enough. You are unacceptable. You've done too much wrong. You, God can't love you. God, those are lies of the enemy, and we cast them down. For those who, who would hear in their hearts, oh, they don't know what you've done. They don't know how bad you've been. But we cast down that lie of the enemy because, Jesus, you see into our hearts and you love us anyway. You know the very worst stuff that we've done and you love us anyway. God, I pray that your truth would just come into each and every heart. That you would begin to speak over us those things that you believe about us. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are blessed going out. Blessed coming in that we are royal priesthood, that we are a holy nation, that we are a peculiar people. Those are the things that you say about us, and I pray that you would make us believe them. And God, I pray for each person that they would receive the life that comes through Jesus. If they've been living in a holy Saturday, not quite living yet, God, I pray that you'd bring them forth. God, that there would be resurrection in their lives, that you'd bring back to life those dreams that have died. God, those prayers that have died, those those things that have discouraged them to the point that they just want to give up. God, I pray for life. Speak life into those hearts right now. God, we thank you. We thank you that the blood that was shed thousands of years ago is the same blood. The blood is still the blood. It can cover us. It has just as much power today as it did then. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You are so great. And we love you so much. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your blessings, your grace. And now we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine upon you. May Yahweh be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.